We're going through the Gospels looking at the life of Jesus. And in Luke 2, verse 41, it says, Every year Jesus' parents, and speaking of Mary and Joseph, went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. Apparently, Joseph and Mary were consistent and faithful in their family observances of the festivals. Jesus was 12. At the age of 13, a Jewish boy became obligated to observe the law and in more recent years would be called a son of the covenant, bar mitzvah. That's what Jewish children still do today, sons of the law, sons of the covenant. So Jesus was one year away from entering that important stage. Verse 43 goes on to say, After the celebration was over, they, his family, started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, and by the way, they'd gone about 20 to 25 miles by that time, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Have you ever done that with your kids? When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And this is an am amazing verse. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Interesting, this amazement is caused by the wisdom of his understanding as revealed by both his questions and his answered. Answers. The learned rabbis and teachers weren't alone in their amazement either. Verse 48 says, His parents didn't know what to think. In the King James it says, His parents were amazed. Now, Luke doesn't tell us exactly why or at what they were amazed, but it may be that the lack of other stories like this suggests that Jesus' silent years, the years that there's really not a whole lot in the Bible that talks about his childhood, were actually quite normal, and that this behavior was, at the very least, rather unexpected. Or could it be that over a decade of normalcy, the supernatural nature of their son and his destiny broke in on them once again? Well, we don't know. But it's possible that the confusion of Jesus' parents here involved not so much the identity of their son, who was he, his divine sonship, but rather how his sonship would manifest itself. And so as a result, they were amazed, they were surprised, and once more, they needed to reflect on these things, as we'll see in just a moment in verse 41. Verse 48 continues on and says, Son, his mother said to him, Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. Jesus replied, But why did you need to search? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? And they didn't understand what that meant. Luke is portraying Jesus' awareness of his unique relationship to the Father. And because of that relationship, Jesus must be in his Father's house. Why would they think any differently? Verse 51 sums the story up and says, Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. She did that a lot. Luke 2.18, a little further down, says, All who heard the shepherd's story, speaking of the story of how Jesus would be coming, were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Do you think about the things of Jesus often? I think the fact that in both of these accounts, Mary considered those things, kept those things in her heart, that they not only meant something to her, but they led her and guided her thinking 
And I think one of the things we can take out of this is an encouragement to consider these things, keep these things, the things of Jesus in our heart and think of them often. This narrative concludes with verse 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, meaning he grew taller, and in favor with God and all the people. Now, this reiterates what Luke had said in an earlier verse to the ones we just read, where in Luke 20:40 it says, the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. So what is favor with God and with men? Well, the best definition of the word favor is demonstrated delight. The favor of God can be described as tangible evidence that a person has the approval of God. See, when we favor someone, we want to be with them. When we delight in them, we connect with them in a way that we don't connect with just everyone. We usually favor the people who also favor us. And in the same way, God shows favor to the ones who de delight in, connect with, and give honor to him. Way back in Isaiah 66, he says, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. So in this account, we catch a glimpse of the example of faithfulness to God's house by Mary and Joseph, training up their child in obedience to the Lord, the understanding by Jesus of who he was, who his heavenly Father is, and how it led to the passion in his life to be about his Father's business, that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth. And in all of that, Jesus pleased his Father and grew in favor with him and with mankind. Now, as always, Jesus is an example to us, not to seek God's favor for his favor alone, but to work for it, to enjoy it, to earn it by obediently following God, understanding our sonship in him, and putting his kingdom first in our life. When that can be said of us, we can know we have found favor with God. His delight in us will be demonstrated. Lord, help us to know you, to follow you, Help us to have a renewed passion and zeal for the things of God so that as we draw close to you, we walk in favor with you and in favor with mankind. We thank you for all that is ours through Jesus. And we thank you in his name. Amen. So keep on walking with Jesus. Keep on being like Jesus. Keep the faith. Mm -hmm.